0: Okay, folks. Welcome to tonight's show. It's Maddie and I. This is Jay Alejandro. And we have a dilemma. We need to figure out a name for our new podcast, which will be more of a long-form conversation with Maddie and I and possibly some friends about random things that we have to deal with as, what would you say, parents... Working class people, mm-hmm. dealing with the shit that's going on in the world. Just a variety of things wrapped up in a nice little package of uh, positivity in the face of a shit show. Yeah. So if we could wrap all of that into one <laughs> interesting little title, what would that be? What, what do we have in mind? Because we had been looking at a lot of really good yeah. names, but we can pinpoint one. What are your favorites?
1: Um, my favorites are... I think the top one for me is Our Kids Gone to Bed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or what was it? Our Kids Asleep?
1: Our Kids Asleep so or two, Our Kids Gone to Bed.
0: There's yeah. two variants right there. Yeah. And I personally like Our Kids Asleep. Mm-hmm. I think it's to the point. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice. We don't even have to say with Jaime and Maddie yeah. or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't that. think that's
1: necessary. Yeah. yeah. There's a, There was a couple that we liked, but they were taken or... You
0: know. Yeah, but those you know, that's a sign that we weren't on yeah. the right path. Yeah. But what else did we have in mind there?
1: Working class weekend, working class recap. We we're trying to like work in the working class. <laughs> yeah, the class working angle. class. I was
0: actually quite fond of uh Peasant Pod <laughs> because it really brought to the forefront yeah. some of that that uh, class warfare kind of turmoil <laughs> that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's I a little guess. like People it's a little too adversarial. I, yeah. I, I
0: think yeah, our communist friends might appreciate it, but I don't know if <laughs> it'll play well for the rest of the uh, of the crowd. Can I take a look? Let mm-hmm. me let me see what else we have here because we had an extensive list. It took about 45 minutes to put this together while our son played Mario today. So we had a couple of different angles. We had the working class bit going on. We had the parents. Uh, point of view, sort of like trying to deal with that issue of <laughs> putting our son to bed before we could start conversation. And I thought that there was another bit of just trying to remain positive in the face of all of this nonsense that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. So we could tackle it on on three different fronts. We just got to find something that really captures the core yeah. of us.
1: I think we need to still find what it is. Yeah, I think we're still sort of yeah. finding
0: it so it'll be the uh the j and m untitled podcast project for now mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens i think that it's all about discovery you know maybe not in like a sexual nature but more in 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 an intellectual way to see if there's a good a good name there do you want me to rattle off a couple more yeah okay so the list is follows i like unsure grown-ups running on fumes Time to Spare, Working Class Recap, Working Class Weekend, of course, Peasant Pod, Working Class Warblings, which is a very uh, kind of Baroque sounding uh, (laughs) podcast name. Then there's an even more intellectual and aggressive one that I really like that you came up with called Portrait of the Proletariat, (laughs) which is very potent. I mean, it... Really gives you
1: an idea of the headspace I'm in at work. It carries a
0: bunch. You're like, why in the hell am I doing this? For God's sake, somebody get me out of here.
1: Oh, we were laughing about, we were trying to come up with synonyms
0: for yeah, working yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to do that real quick because we had sort of a call and response thing that we wanted to do. <laughs> Maddie was going to give us some synonyms of, of just kind of working class. And then I would shout podcast at the end so that we can complete it. Because we're a couple and we kind of tend to do that anyway. And I think that it would be really nice if we kind of get a feel into the radio waves or the airwaves to see what sticks and what doesn't. So we really got to hear it. Let me know when you're ready. What's number one?
1: Um, proletarian. Podcast. Banal. Pod. Conventional. Show. <laughs> Unwashed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unwashed
1: folks uncultivated
0: okay that's a little below the belt but that's fine
1: unrefined vulgar
0: so what you're telling me is that rich people are allowed to define words oh sure
1: and see there seems to be a distinction between working class one word and working class hyphenated because the working class hyphenated comes up with much more like blue collar workers unskilled laborers working stiff (laughs) (laughs) which is which is kind of clever
0: i actually like that one because it it sort of gets into the territory that we're looking for Mm -hmm. working stiff or worked stiff yeah but i don't know what kind of connotations we're we're Mm. drawing on that it's a little phallic yes you might want to stay away from that
1: yeah well, there's some ideas,
0: yeah. yeah, so if you guys have any suggestions, some of you uh, two or three people that might be listening out there <laughs> who know us well enough, let us know and we'll we'll be here eagerly awaiting for mm-hmm. something, or maybe some some kind of inspiration will strike and and we'll get it before we publish this, and we'll actually have a name for the show, so we'll see, but that was the big preoccupation today now that it's Friday, and we had a wonderful I don't know. It was kind of a. It was a good week, wasn't it? Yeah. I was sick, but it yeah. was mostly an okay, okay yeah. week.
1: It felt a little long to me, but yeah, you know.
0: So in in, for the sake of exploration, okay, I really feel that we can try to do a recap. Mm-hmm. Just sort of what what's the stuff that really took your your not took your breath away because that's you know you, the news doesn't really do that unless oh. it's something really batshit crazy, yeah. but if. There's something that really stuck in your mind this week. What was it?
1: Roger Stone being arrested by the FBI this morning. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. The
0: second coming of Nixon.
1: <laughs> <That was laughs> yeah, delicious. did you hear that he like threw up the victory sign? Yeah,
0: he loves... He's. He loves yeah.
1: stirring up the shit, I think. Yeah. He likes
0: that, yeah. But I think that, that it was a long time coming, and the pieces are coming together. I was really excited because I found on Etsy some uh, molar candles like the santeria ones oh, oh, that we yeah. have down in mexico yeah and i was like man you know i am really rooting for him so maybe i should light one up no. you know somewhere in the house i think Create that'd a be really shrine. Nice. Yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah. a way to honor this mission in my way because i think it speaks to my culture yeah. when we have a shit ton of candles yeah lying around the house but
1: uh and the the shutdown ended today for now yeah. For, for the next
0: President Shitshow has decided. Can I can I say that like sure. in today's news, President Shitshow decided to end <laughs> the government shutdown. Yeah. And that's all I got. I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean. Dot
0: dot, dot dot for now. That's all there is. Yeah. See what happens. And
1: it's it's a temporary. It's a stopgap bill. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a permanent thing. I mean, honestly, I have zero confidence that if they can't do something in two months. They're not going to be able to do it in three weeks.
0: No, and that—that's what he's banking on. He's banking on them not figuring out a solution that he's going to like. So he's going to resort to the shut or the emergency. Thing. Yeah.
1: Well, I also the, kind of think he likes the drama.
0: Oh well, yeah, like, his
1: people love it.
0: I mean, his yeah. his core constituents—they're the ones that are really eating this up because. For some reason, he was able to convince them that it was the Democrats' fault that he wasn't able to get this done. Yeah. When in reality, I mean, there were there were bills already in place for him to approve, but yeah. nothing came of it because he was throwing a hissy fit. But you know, that's enough about Orange Julius. I mm-hmm. think that to cleanse the palate, maybe we should talk about something else. Mm-hmm. Let's not tarnish the <laughs> show before it begins. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs>
1: We could talk about Firefest. Yes. Talk about so, Firefest,
0: please. Absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna tink to that because
1: Firefest. Hashtag FireFraud.
0: Hashtag FireFraud. So get trending on that. Maddie and I had a wonderful time watching this train wreck of a documentary. Not because it was put together uh, in the wrong way or whatever, but the content was just insane. We we had a really a really interesting perspective on it. So uh, what do you think?
1: There's two documentaries, which right. is very interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix did one. <laughs> yeah. And Hulu did one. Yeah. We watched the Netflix one first because that was the one I knew about. Mm-hmm. We watched it, and I think my job was on the floor the whole movie. I think so, I too. I couldn't yeah. believe what these assholes were getting away <laughs> with. It was just incredible. Yeah. I,
0: I actually... I felt like this is going to sound ridiculous, but it felt very tragic to me. Like you knew what was coming the whole time. There yeah. was a lot of dramatic irony happening in that documentary where, you know, it's like, how do these people think that they were going to get, get away with this? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when it got to the end of it, I was just completely floored, but, but sort of fulfilled in a way. Like justice was served and it felt good, but in, in also in a way, you you knew that the people who were buying into it were also going to to get their their sort of what do you call it comeuppance or yeah. sort of that like well, like the the fans yeah. the people who really wanted to to go to that festival
1: yeah and I feel kind of bad being judgmental of somebody <laughs> but of, of these people but they really are like so easy to hate mm. you know the sort of entitled white twenties you know.
0: What Christina P would describe as "what's going to happen tomorrow" kind of yeah. thing. we are just living frivolously yeah. at the expense of their parents' wallets, and yeah. it, it feels like
1: Ticket, a lo- tickets to this festival were four thousand dollars on yeah. the low end. Yeah, so it wasn't like you could just go to this, you know, yeah. on a whim. Like it took planning. You had to. I mean, you were right. literally flying to the Caribbean to, for yeah. three days to go to this festival. So it took planning. It took a lot of money. And these kids—I mean, essentially, They're they were kids. kids. I mean,
0: they were misled kids.
1: They, you know, and that's kind of where I feel empathy is—that they are young. Mm-hmm. They were taken in by this beautiful, you know, that that ad they did. They right. did this. They did this really
0: incredibly lavish. Yeah, and it was. It was so indulgent. Engaging. It welcomed all of the desires of these young people who just want to belong. Yeah. And that was the interesting thing. One of the interesting things that I really took from this documentary was that meme page called Fuck Jerry that's been around forever. Yeah. They were so popular in that space that they formed their own marketing agency because people were looking at them like, how are you doing this? How is this possible that you can have this much traction within a really desirable group? And they they really kind of just took that and ran. And the fact that they were behind that Netflix documentary sort of spoils it a little bit or taints the the show. Mm-hmm. But that's why we really got the other side of it. And I really appreciated that there was that other perspective yeah, the on Hulu, the Hulu yeah, show. Yeah, the
1: Hulu documentary was, I guess it was produced by a third unaffiliated party.
0: I believe so. But that one's tainted too because they paid Billy, what's his face? Oh, first? right. They paid the main guy to, yeah. to do the interview. McFarland. Billy yeah. McFarland.
1: Yeah. yeah. But I did who, think...
0: Th- I did... Who you thought looked like Seth McFarland.
1: Yeah, which is funny because... Yes
0: they have a similar
1: name but i thought i thought that the hulu documentary was a little bit more fact-based or not maybe not fact-based but it was more the the netflix one felt very emotional Mm -hmm. it felt like you were following these people and you could see it on their faces how fucked up this situation was even if they weren't admitting it which they weren't until the very last minute Uh You could see on their faces how, like, scared and just they knew this wasn't going to work. Right. Whereas the Hulu documentary was more like, this is what happened.
0: This is what you guys did. And you knew what you were doing the whole time. Yeah.
1: Right. So I thought that the two, like, watching them both, I think, is a great... Don't just watch one or the other. Watch them both because you're really going to get a sense of emotionally where those people were at and where those those guests were at mm-hmm. and then the Hulu documentary, you're going to get more of a sense of like what happened and why it happened that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, they, they both had really interesting conclusions as, as in, as you were saying, one was more emotional, but I thought that the Netflix one sort of tried to scapegoat everyone, but the main people like mm. Billy and just a couple of his, his main people, his mm-hmm. main folks. Um, but I, I get the sense that, that emotional component was put in place sort of to absolve some of the people who were working on the on that yeah. project, like the fuck Jerry people. I keep coming back to them because it might be just their way of saying, look, we had a conscience too, mm-hmm. and we were just following orders from them. That's why they they some of those employees looked more sympathetic. They they looked more like you could side with them. Like, yeah. they tried to warn Billy and the other guys about what yeah. was going to happen. Whereas the Hulu one didn't do that as much.
1: Yeah, I, I think. think the Netflix one just made Billy seem like an eternal optimist. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Hulu one made him seem like a sociopath. Yeah. You know, they opened it was more the, real, more. more yeah, yeah, they both correct. sort of ended up there. Mm-hmm. But Netflix. When I was watching the Netflix one, I realized I was like, "Well, you know, he's just trying to do something good. You know, he was trying yeah, to do something yeah. big and, and you know lavish, and it him. backfired on him." And yeah. then you watch the Hulu one, and you're like, "No, this guy knew what he was doing from the this beginning. Guy is fucking crazy. He didn't give a shit if there was a music festival that was, mm-hmm. and he didn't care. Right. He just wanted to sell those two hundred and yeah. fifty thousand dollar cabanas, you yeah. know."
0: And it highlighted more. It touched more on his need to pursue that high of selling something. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe psychologically if you look at his background they they didn't touch on this very much which I was kind of disappointed and maybe it's because they didn't have enough to go off of but the fact that his parents were like in real estate yeah. and these sort of like these these sort of careers dominated by sharks and people who are yeah. just gung-ho and aggressive yeah. about selling something. Can you imagine being like a little kid and having that... Just being steeped your entire, in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having that be the culture of your household yeah. ever since you were, you well, were little. Well, and I
1: think that there's value to that in some ways, but mm-hmm. I think depending on how you are wired, right. you know, it's going to affect you differently. And I don't know. I mean, I think that...
0: He seemed prodigious, though. He seemed yeah. like he really took to it. And everything in his life seemed to to propel mm-hmm. that purpose that drive or maybe that was like a form of acceptance like they there were moments where maybe he he saw himself as an outcast in those mm-hmm. in those worlds and he yeah. had to legitimize his presence in a lot of those yeah it always did parties. kind of it
1: it did always kind of seem like he he was trying to prove that he belonged there yeah You know, like, with Ja Rule and these supermodels. And 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 he's just, like, the goofy white guy in the corner, you know, in a plaid shirt, you know, like, with a beer in his hand. (laughs) Like, I'm really supposed to be here, guys. Like, I'm bankrolling this thing, you know.
0: And I I do feel like, what the fuck was Ja Rule doing that whole time?
1: I don't know, man. Like, dude, he
0: he just wanted to drop money on something and and go and get drunk and party with a model. So that's really all he wanted to do.
1: I thought it was interesting that... They said that those those days that the that small group that like sixty people spent on the island making that promotional video mm-hmm. to promote the festival that that was the, the actual fire festival, right? Like the the festival itself was garbage. It was just horseshit. Like mm-hmm. nothing worked. It was just was a vision. Good. It was yeah. just it was a vision and not executed at all. Yeah,
0: but it captures the the core of of what. What social media is, is Mm -hmm. one event that nobody is invited to. Like the general public is not invited to, but you're privy to the details Mm -hmm. of what's going on without being there. It's, it's like this forbidden apple that you'll never be able to, to touch. It's, it's as if sort of like the, that, that tree in Adam and Eve was, is just kind of fenced off. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of looking through the, through the fence.
1: That was something I thought the Hulu documentary did well was, Talking about FOMO and how they exploited that oh, yes. to the greatest degree I've ever seen with the orange tile. Like they asked yeah. all those supermodels to post that orange tile and deploying
0: tile. that talent and, yeah. and people with that kind of draw to to bring in these these people who are very vulnerable mm-hmm. in that space. And to be honest with you, you know what I did is right after that documentary, I downloaded that app and I started clearing my Instagram. The public and oh. Instagram yeah. of pretty much all of these kinds of people who are looking for the numbers, who are looking to keep a tally of how popular they are, mm-hmm. and a curious thing that I learned, which I think is worth mentioning, is I my rule in that in that profile is to follow anyone who follows me back. I figure it's a common courtesy, you know, if somebody's interested in pushing that follow button, why not? I'll extend the same courtesy, and we'll see what happens, but there's there's people who have their accounts set up, and I don't know how they do this where the moment you follow them, they unfollow you mm-hmm. so their tally gets lower of the people that they follow and and their followers gets bigger, yeah, so that's why you have these people with like tens of thousands of followers and only like following three hundred people or a thousand people, mm-hmm. and it's just cementing that idea of. Look at how many people are interested in me, mm-hmm. and I don't have to be interested in anyone else, yeah, which I think is a is a curious thing, but I only learned that once I downloaded that app and mm-hmm. I'm like forget you i'm gonna I'm gonna unfollow all of y'all, yeah, it felt kind of delicious, kind of <laughs> exciting to unfollow all these people I'm yeah. like, take that <laughs> unfollowing this
1: yeah, yeah, um another thing that i that I oh. thought was interesting about that. The Netflix one specifically, they do talk about this a little bit in the Hulu one, but they touch on it a lot in the Netflix one is the influencers, right? The people on Instagram, specifically, it always seems to be Instagram. Yeah. Um, that where these follow these these influencers are people who the festival in particular wanted there. Yes, they wanted them there for visibility. they wanted them there for free ad, I mean not free for advertising. I mean, they were getting paid to mm-hmm. advertise a lot of money. And when they the, the most interesting and horrifying thing <laughs> was interviewing those influencers. Oh,
0: Jesus Christ.
1: They had them up I got up, so depressed. Yeah. <laughs> it really and it's was. like, you know, these 20 something kids, you know, yeah. and they they asked they asked them
0: because they were all about their brand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They asked them, What's your brand? Like <laughs> yeah. what are you what are you all about? And they
0: they They all said the same thing. Yeah. Right? What did they say? It was
1: like, Well, my brand is like positivity and like and this I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. This is yeah. how they talk. It's like positivity and like lifestyle and my journey. Um, and then they would just go quiet. Yeah, and, and that, It was, that was like, like deer in the headlights. Right. And like... Um, it was
0: almost like like collectively in, in that montage that they put together, it was like, holy shit, I haven't thought about it before. <laughs> I don't know what I'm selling. Like you have fucking 40,000 people following you yeah. on the low end, you yeah. know, like the low end uh, influencers and yeah. you don't know what the fuck you're saying but because you're relying on your body and not yeah. the message. That's yeah. why Instagram is so popular because yeah. it's so visual. Yeah. It's so immediate yeah. in that regard.
1: Yeah, it was just baffling to me. And I didn't know, I maybe knew who two or three of those people were. Mm-hmm. Like Haley Baldwin. I can't think of any others. I can't, <laughs> She's yeah, the only one all, that I can think of. Yeah. But, you know, and they wanted them there for visibility. And I just.
0: And it, how baffling is it that Kendall Jenner made like, how much was it? Like
1: $250,000 $250,
0: $250, for one post. She just had to tag it. Yeah. And she made that much money. Yeah. And that's more than than most people will make in in their lifetime. A long time, yeah. Maybe maybe not a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. give them some credit. Give <laughs> us working class people some credit yeah, maybe yeah. in like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the, one of the most cathartic things about those documentaries was those people, those kids, finally landing on that island and... Getting bussed in a school bus to that yes. what to that so first to that bar to buy time yeah to buy time though. yeah yeah like buying them shots and getting them liquored up but and when then they saw and then bussing them to this desolate concrete thing where they had all these FEMA tents up they look like FEMA tents they were
0: FEMA tents they okay they yes. were FEMA
1: tents just speckled on this like. It's concrete island. Okay, A, it's a concrete <laughs> island surrounded by water. These people are drunk. I was just like, okay, someone's going to die. Like, someone's going to yeah. fall off and die. Yeah. And they're going to be alive. I don't know how that didn't happen.
0: It was it was really surprising that it and pretty it, much lasted one
1: day and yeah, a lot of people could have died. It devolved into just chaos. Yeah. People were crying. They were angry. Mm-hmm.
0: But that was the part that really that really surprised me just as a viewer – being able to follow them because I, I thought they both the documentaries did a nice job of leading up to that mm-hmm. reveal of them showing up. Mm-hmm. I empathize with them. I really wanted them to have some kind of happiness. You know, I wanted something yeah. good to happen. But then when the shit show appears and they they're faced with mm-hmm. what the festival actually was, I was I was giddy, like like, oh you guys are fucking yeah, screwed. But then at the same time I was like Oh, you poor people.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like It was beautiful.
0: Like, it was a, it was a great feeling. It was yeah. sort of
1: like feeling that shot of Freude
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then and then like feeling bad about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like these people paid a lot of money to do something that they thought would be fun.
0: Would be a life affirming or yeah. transforming experience which everyone deserves no matter right. how much money they have or don't have. Yeah.
1: Legit. And regard regardless of their intentions or regardless of the reasons they wanted to go, mm-hmm. they were defrauded. And the fucked up thing is that Billy <laughs> McFarland did not go to jail for defrauding those people. He
0: mm-hmm. went to
1: jail for defrauding the investors.
0: That's right. This is America.
1: Which is the most fucked up thing right. I have ever heard.
0: But I wonder what happened with that class action lawsuit. Because didn't they say that yeah, was there big. was going to be something happening? I don't remember if they said if it was. i have to see it if it's if it's settled. Maybe I'll look on my phone while we keep. I
1: feel like that would have been something important to put in the documentary. Mm-hmm. But I feel like those people, you know, and they yes, they are hard to feel sorry for. Mm-hmm. You know, but they. This is America. There are <laughs> rules. If you sell something to someone, it better be legit. It better be an actual thing and not just some thing that you made up. He literally was just like, let's pretend to make a music festival and sell people tickets. And then they're going to get here and there's not going to be anything. That's
0: all it was. He was not concerned in the slightest no. about the people. Oh. He was concerned in the hustle.
1: And the time frame okay <laughs> the time frame from the time he wanted to start a music festival to the time that the music festival was supposed to be implemented yeah. was like six months
0: okay you're talking to fucking jar rule that's why i'm pissed off at jar rule too because yeah. you're like why doesn't he know you that play festivals yeah what, what the idiot. fuck dude you're a moron
1: like everybody like all the experts like yeah. event planners were like are you an idiot it takes at least 12 months.
0: You're forgetting the best part, remember? That poor man.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. That poor man.
0: Holy shit. That was the most heartbreaking thing.
1: Okay. So, there's a in guy the in the docu- in the Netflix documentary. They don't talk about this in the Hulu documentary. They don't documentary. talk to him, no. I don't remember what his exact title was, but he was very close with the actual event pl- with Billy he was, he was an organizer. I think yeah. he
0: he did... Some kind of set design or something to,
1: to that effect. He, They had to bring in water because people need to drink water because they're human beings. They had like a huge, huge truck of Evian water. Of course. Because of course. Yeah. But it was stuck in customs. They couldn't get it out of customs. Billy McFarland calls up this poor man... And he says, I need you to do who who is a gay man? Like yeah, they, they he's knew gay. that he was a gay yeah. man. He said, I need you to take one for the team. I need you to go down to the customs office. And I need you to suck the head of customs dick <laughs> to get that water into this country. And that poor man, he was he was like, And you know what? I hung up the phone, <laughs> I took a shower, I got dressed. And I drove down to that customs <laughs> office with every intention of sucking that man's dick.
0: And don't spoil it, so we'll leave it so that they, whoever's watching...
1: Yeah, you'll um, have to watch the documentary that, to find yeah. out if he actually had to do it or not. Yeah, but that that man was was just brilliant. I wanted to give him a hug. Like, yeah, I felt so was, bad for him. He was incredible. But that's another thing. Like All of these people who were involved with him, with Billy McFarland, who's the main agitator... They were weirdly loyal to him yeah. for a long for like a longer period of time than you would than you would expect. Right. You know, like I if I have been there, I would have thrown my hands up and walked away like way <laughs> earlier. They were just sort of like, well, it's almost like Billy's optimism and just reckless positivity. Mm-hmm. It just infected everyone around him. And yeah. they were just like, Well. Yeah. Billy thinks it's going to happen, so maybe yeah. it'll actually happen.
0: But I think that that also goes to show that they were professionals in that those people are trained to make those things happen.
1: That's true. Yeah, they,
0: it's in their nature to pursue it in like an and impossible to problem solve. Yeah, anyone who's you know, and and you sort of take that if you want an example from like theater people, mm-hmm. the show must go on. Yeah, we will make it happen. We will figure it out no matter what, and it becomes reckless when you have somebody at the helm who. Who hasn't? Who loses a, a sense of reality mm-hmm. in what's achievable and what isn't? Yeah. And I think he didn't care about what was achievable. That was the biggest mm-hmm. issue, is that he didn't ground them in the right way.
1: Well, and that I mean, you're start, you're literally like you're you're building this thing on a, a foundation that is not steady, mm-hmm. that is not. You can't build something like a like a music festival yeah. on a foundation that doesn't care about a music festival. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't give a shit. He just wants that money so he can right. pay those people that he has huge debt from. Yeah. You know.
0: And then once he pays off that debt, he's gonna pay the debt that he acquired from this. Yeah. The other sale. Yeah. It's just and a, so on and so forth. An it's endless a vicious cycle, cycle of yeah. paying
1: debt with yeah. other debt.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a game. Yeah. It was a game to him. Yeah. And,
1: and you know what? I don't think he feels bad. I really don't. Either. I don't think. I don't think he feels bad.
0: He looked dead in the eyes. You know how some people just.
1: Yeah, when they were interviewing, he would. His interviews were so strange. Mm. Like, they would ask him a question directly, and he would maybe answer them. And sometimes he would just, like, look at the floor. Yeah. Look up, look sometimes, like, right at them, and just not answer.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think maybe he was, like, contractually or legally, he couldn't talk about certain maybe. things. But I get what you're saying that. In some of the other interviews, he just seemed like it wasn't like
1: normal interaction, like normal human interaction.
0: That dude is batshit crazy. Yeah, that's what's going on there. Yeah, but a very entertaining watch, I would say. Yeah, overall, you need to watch the two of them.
1: Yeah, which.
0: I'm sure that Netflix nor Hulu would like to hear that because (laughs) they're a competition. Yeah. But they complement each other so well Mm -hmm. that they're definitely worth a watch. Yeah. And even though we were tired that day because we saw it on a Sunday, Mm -hmm. right? The Netflix one we saw on a Sunday. Then the second one on Hulu we saw on Monday and we were tired as hell. Like Mm -hmm. the last 15 minutes, I think we were kind of – our heads were rolling a little bit on the couch Mm -hmm. as they tend to do on a Monday after work.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But very much worth it. Our cat Oscar loved it too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He thought it was amazing.
1: <laughs> it's a great idea, in theory. <laughs> a fest, a music festival in the Bahamas, you know, in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. But not executed well. Yeah. So my verdict is shit show. Shit show, but watch it because it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it gets a tink.
0: So we're gonna give it. We're gonna give it, we're gonna give it a tink. So that was item number one on our list. You want to take a look at our cheat sheet here, sure. see what what has to happen. It's mostly temporary names or podcast <laughs> names. So I'm going this to try is the to list sift I was here. writing at work. We can take a moment to talk about Oscar nominations. I think that could take up a little bit of okay of our listeners' time. So I'm gonna, thank you.
1: I'm going to be honest. I mm-hmm. don't know all the nominees. I really <laughs> like all the nominations. I don't. I haven't. All I know a few. I know Lady yeah. Gaga not got nominated for best actor actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for A Star Is Born which is cool. I know that you're going to have to say her name. Yalitza Aparicio. Aparicio? Aparicio? Was Aparicio. The, was the first indigenous woman to be nominated,
0: which is a great a great great deal. For Roma? Yeah, that's one of the films that I'm really excited to see because Alfonso Cuarón does great things on film, and I think I'm very biased, and I'll say that about Alejandro González Iñárritu, and I'll say that about Guillermo del Toro, because they have really done outstanding things in the last probably 20 years. Mm-hmm. But this this film looks, looks outstanding. And the fact that, and I noticed this recently, that Alfonso Cuarón sticks Pink Floyd in there Yeah, every like in Maybe every he film likes them. I know he does yeah it's it's confirmation that that he does so he just went up a couple of notches in my mm-hmm. um in my book but I was trying to pull up the the nominees list I think Roma was one of the big ones yeah and let's see here best picture we can talk about that cuz isn't mm-hmm. that what matters huh. Black Panther
1: Is it embarrassing? Have we not seen any of them?
0: I don't think we've seen any of them. So let's see. Have you seen Black Panther? No. That means I haven't seen it either because I'm married (laughs) to you. Have you seen Black Klansman?
1: No. I have
0: not seen that either. Have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody? No. I'd really like to see it. I would too. Yeah. Have you seen The Favorite?
1: No. I would like to see that one though.
0: Okay. What's it about?
1: It's a period piece. It has Rachel Weiss and uh, Emma Stone. Okay. It looks pretty good. Okay.
0: Green Book. Um,
1: My parents saw that. Did they like it? They did. Yeah. They really did.
0: Well, we'll it's have got to Vigo see. in it. Yeah. We like Vigo Mortensen in there. Uh, Roma is up, of mm, course. It's and out. It's on we'll Netflix. We we'll don't, don't have an excuse. will definitely see it. Exactly. So we'll get to that probably in the next couple of weeks. A Star is Born.
1: I have not seen that,
0: but I would like to. Vice is what we're watching right away. Yeah. Because that's... that's. A yeah. I want to
1: see Fat Christian Bale.
0: Yes. I love Christian Bale in all sizes, even when he dances, as he did in Newsies. Mm. But most people don't like that; they I think it's weird.
1: I always forget he was in Newsies. Yeah. Did he sing?
0: I think he sang a couple of songs. Mm.
1: Yeah. We tried to watch Newsies. The There's like a new There's version a on Broadway Netflix. version. Yeah. yeah. We tried to watch it to see if our son was interested, and he wasn't. <laughs> and to be honest, neither was I.
0: It's a tough sell, actually, I to, don't know. to try I don't, to...
1: I don't know if I've just gotten jaded about musicals, but not very many of them hold my attention.
0: It really depends. To see them to see them filmed yeah, is, is
1: that's t- true. kind of a
0: tough sell because the magic isn't really there. No. It reveals true. too much. I think that the fact that you're in a... If you're in a, on a... Like in an auditorium, mm-hmm. experiencing it, it feels more,
1: mm-hmm.
0: more alive. It's more also intense.
1: it's also really awkward because the camera gets too close. Yeah, and you can see how big they're having to be because the people in the you, back, you, you know,
0: lose, You lose. Yeah,
1: yeah. It just doesn't read. It, it doesn't, reveals it doesn't too read much. Film. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I still love. I still love musicals, and we actually tried to watch an opera. Yeah. On PBS. When oh, was it? Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Let's, let's. This is a free ad for PBS. Who does not need it because it's public broadcasting.
0: They you, do need it.
1: You I'm can sure. you can download <laughs> the PBS app, and it gets all this free content.
0: Yeah, available online. It's and I tell you what, guys, that's such an amazing resource, it really especially is. if you're in a remote place like Wyoming that doesn't have a lot of where you're not you you don't have access to that exposure to the arts or, or to some of that content. It's such a great resource for for people like us to be able to to nourish ourselves a little bit intellectually or, or to just see something different mm. that challenges us a little bit. We got to be like Moss in the IT crowd every now and then <laughs> yeah. and be challenged by something. <laughs> like <laughs> one of the great episodes of television when they go see the uh, the, the IT the crowd.
1: If you don't know what the IT crowd is, get on Netflix right now.
0: And watch and it. And watch nonstop. it.
1: There's only like three seasons. It's not that much of a commitment. Yes. And it's British television, so it's even better. Yeah. There's an episode, I think it's the fourth episode in the in like the first season. Yeah. Where Moss, Roy, and Jen and her ambiguously gay boyfriend go to see a <laughs> musical in London. And Moss somehow ends up working in the bar. But yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna spoil it's, it. It's it's hysterical.
0: That's all it's, you need it's to know. It's one of
1: the greatest episodes <laughs> of television ever it's wonderful oh. but yalitza
0: yalitza paricio I
1: i'm not to, even gonna try to say it i
0: need to see her name and see what's going on I, yeah because... i don't
1: i don't see any accents but i'm sure the accents are there yes. she i watched her twitter video of her um learning that she was a nominee and just like freaking out and her friends like freaking out and she's <laughs> crying and her friends are laughing and it was beautiful. Aww. It was really cool.
0: She lost her shit. Yeah. And we lost her Rightly shit Rightly so. Yeah. It's a big milestone because she was a teacher.
1: Yeah. She was she a, had never acted professionally. She was professionally. a preschool teacher. Did they just like, did she just audition? And- I think she
0: auditioned and, and they just put her mm. in the movie. It's amazing. Yalitza. Yeah. Yalitza Paricio. Plays a maid of Mixteco heritage working for a doctor's family. In Mexico City during the early 1970s. Oops,
1: Mixteco.
0: Mixteco is yes, native I'm, Mexican, uh-huh. uh, I, I imagine. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of turmoil in the 70s in that time. So it's going to be really interesting how he navigates that, like trying to make something that was really difficult for the whole country and to kind of narrow it down to that, just that family mm-hmm. and that dynamic. So I'm really excited to see how that works, how he makes that happen.
1: I felt woefully ignorant <laughs> watching the trailer. Yeah. I couldn't, eventually I figured out, yes, that's Mexico City. Yeah. In an earlier era, I didn't know it was the 70s. Mm-hmm. Although the Pink Floyd should have clued me in. Yeah. I just, I didn't know. I didn't know about the political turmoil. Right. But it's, you know, if,
0: if you're an American, I mean, you're not privy to a lot of that that information from another country, unless you really dig deep. But Mm -hmm. that was a difficult time because I'm not entirely sure the, the reason for the protest because I my mom would kill me because she's told me a couple of times, Mm -hmm. but there, there was a lot of protests and riots Mm -hmm. between students and the police Mm -hmm. over a lot of, a lot of, there was just a lot of contentious uh, environments in, in Mexico, in particular in Mexico city, because that's where the university, the main university was, but that's the beauty of that trailer is that it's so elusive, but so powerful that there's just so much coming at you that it's mm-hmm. it's really kind of a sight to see.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's one of those that you get chills and it doesn't tell you anything about the story. and it's amazing. Well,
1: I guess that's kind of a novelty, bro. I <laughs> movie know. trailers this I mean most of the time I watch a movie trailer and I'm like, well, I don't need to see I the need movie to see now. that shit. yeah, yeah. I know what done. happens. I can figure it out yeah. yeah. Well, and there was like it? other like happy movies, like Mary Poppins Returns was nominated, and mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody was nominated. Yeah,
0: those are the two that I'm really excited. To, well, three. I think my three big ones that I want to see are going to be Roma, Vice, mm-hmm. and um, What did you just say? Mary Poppins. No. Bohemian,
1: Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. But I hear it's too it's too sanitized, like they, yeah. they took a lot of that. I think it's probably magic. still
1: able you're probably still able to enjoy, You'll it, enjoy it. but to think of the movie we could have had it with Sasha Sacha Baron Cohen, yeah, could, that's kind of depressing. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, he can yeah. make it after they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make the movie he wants to make after they're all exactly. dead.:
0: I'd watch like a 60, 70 year old Sasha Baron Cohen.
1: Oh, come on! The members of Queen are old. They'll be gone yeah, way you know, before he's sixty years. or seven. Yeah. Then can, Baron Cohen would have been great.
0: I think so too. He would have been. He really would have done great. a good job. Yeah. But I'm I'm sure Rami Malek. Yeah. Will will do great too. Yeah. It's it's overwhelming right now because I I haven't seen very many of the movies so I feel like we're playing catch up. Yeah. But you know that's the life of being a parent when you. When your child is commandeering the TV for 10 hours of the day in I'm silence. A, I'm an
1: expert on We Bear Bears.
0: Yeah. Which is a fine show, by the way, and I've talked about this in the past.
1: I could break down each episode for you.
0: We Bear Bears is an animated masterpiece. It's great. Just regularly, the way they work with our characters
1: is, we watch, is outstanding. We watch a lot of dross. <laughs> Just children's dross.
0: Children's animation, yeah. There's some. It's, there's some shitty d- content yeah, out there. It's
1: real bad, but there are lights among the darkness. Yeah, <laughs> and We Bare Bears is one of them.
0: Absolutely, great cast too. Mm-hmm. Pat Oswalt is Num Num. Dimitri Martin. Dimitri Martin is Ice uh, Bear. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. But yeah. babe, what do you want to say? Is there anything else that you want to talk about, or do you want to wrap it up on this Friday night?
1: I think we've covered a lot.
0: Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> we've we've gone above and beyond on this one. But Sorry, you're gonna have a. No, it'll be okay. I'm I'm gonna try to not edit as much, mm. because on on the other one, yeah, maybe we'll have some things that we want to clean up.
1: But... I think I did pretty good on controlling my um situation. Yes,
0: we've been working very hard. Sort of my oh, I said it. You just
1: said sort <laughs> well, of my crutch words. Kind of yeah. Crutch my crutch
0: words are sort of and kinda. Mm-hmm. And I just revealed it. So now people will be listening to yeah. it.
1: Yeah, Minor, I'm in like, yes. those are my crutch words,
0: but we'll get better. Yeah. And that's really one of the amazing things about this is that to be able to share some of these conversations with you, we're able to continue to learn. And we hope that we can reach out to anyone who's out there in the void and, and make sure that we're making you smile or sharing something interesting. At the least. Well, we hope that you folks have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And as you go into next week, uh, have a great one.
1: Have a good night, guys.
0: Peace. you want on a tink. We'll tink out tink this out. time around.